It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small world after all. It's a small, small world. There. Now it's stuck in your head too. Welcome to Heal and Grow with Nikki. I'm your host, Nikki Kraminga Hill. Here we talk about everything grief, hope, illness, work, family, tragedy, possibilities, fun stuff, and not so fun stuff. It's all on the table. Let's take a look at our lives and work to heal and grow together. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Heal and Grow with Nikki. Thanks so much for being here today. Before we get going on today's topic, I just want to quickly talk about last week and give another shout out to Elena Glass, who was our guest last week. Elena, you're just a joy, and I really loved spending time with you. I got such great feedback on that episode. People said that they want me to do more interviews, and I assure you it's on the calendar. In fact, our next interview will be on September 5th. I'm not going to tell you who the special guest is yet, but stay tuned for all of that. I appreciate your positive feedback. I, of course, listened to that last week's podcast and thought, Elena was great and the subject was great, but man, how come my balance is off? And how come I can't edit this the way I want to? And I, of course, saw all the yucky things about it instead of all the great things about it. So thank you for all your positive feedback last last week, friends. I really appreciate it. And I am going to give myself a little bit of a break on that one and say, hey, it was your first interview and you didn't really know what you were doing and good job doing it anyway. Today's topic is why I love the Disney parks. Now, for those of you that aren't on board with Disney as a company, I completely understand, and I'm going to ask you to stick around anyway. I I understand why people don't like Disney. I understand why people don't like Florida right now. Um, Disney's a huge corporation. Many people think it's evil, and I I can understand a lot of that, actually. And I am still really happy that the Disney parks exist. I love the Disney parks. I don't necessarily love everything Disney. Like, I haven't seen a lot of the more recent movies. I don't think I've seen a new Disney movie in, gosh, maybe since Moana. I'm not sure how long ago that was. I don't have a bunch of Disney stuff in my house, and I never have. My love is specifically for the Disney parks, Disney World and Disneyland. And it's absolutely on my bucket list to get to all the other Disney parks in the world. I, uh, I'm i not exactly sure how that's going to happen, but it's on my bucket list. But the other day, I was listening to a new, newish Disney parks theme podcasts. I think it came out right when this one came out sometime in April or maybe May. It's called Two Finger Points. And my friend Zoe turned me on to it. 
And it's hosted by a couple of gals who were a part of the Disney College program. So they have a really interesting and unique perspective on the parks because they've actually worked in the parks and also worked for the college program. And word on the street is that those students are definitely overworked and underpaid. And one of the things I like about this podcast is that it's actually critical of the Disney Corporation. And I just really appreciate that. I know a lot of people are like, Disney can do no wrong, but actually Disney's done a lot of wrong. Uh, I'm glad that they finally took a stance against the don't say gay bill, but they only really did that because they felt the pressure. Any who's it. I'm really enjoying this podcast. I highly recommend it. I will uh, put it, I'll link it in the notes. But anyway, I'm listening to this podcast one day and it just reminded me of the reason why I love the Disney parks. I have a very specific reason that I would like to share with you today. I think many of you have listened to an episode that I entitled The Hospital. It was two episodes ago. And in that episode, I talked about how I voluntarily admitted myself into the adolescent crisis unit on suicide watch when I was 16 years old. So my, my story begins right after I leave the hospital. And my mom says to my dad, we're going on a spring break vacation and we're going to Disney World. And you don't really have a say in it, Phil. This is what we're doing. And this was a big deal because my family only ever went on two vacations while I was growing up. One, I was nine years old. We took a road trip to Colorado Springs for a family reunion on my mom's side, and we stopped in South Dakota. That was the first trip. And then the second trip was was this trip, this, this Disney World trip when I was 16. Otherwise, we never went anywhere. My mom and I went to some dance competitions when I was growing up, but the three of us as a family only went on two family vacations. So mom decided, we're going to go to Disney World. It'll be a blast. And she she books the whole thing. Now, I remember hearing about the Disney parks, specifically Disneyland, when I was little. Because one of our across-the-street neighbors, they went to Disneyland all the time. And then they would come back and they would tell our family. Well, they'd tell me all about it. And I thought it just sounded so cool. And I also had one of those um, those books that had the record in it. They, they have a specific name. I can't think of them right now, but it you, you'd play the record and then you'd follow along in your book and then it would go ding. And that meant that you were supposed to turn the page. And I had one of those that was about the It's a Small World ride at Disneyland. So, and I just remember reading that when I was little and they have, um, they have those those Mickey Mouse balloons that are in the shape of Mickey heads that I still, this is also on my bucket list, I still want to buy one of those balloons at the Disney parks. I just never have because I was like, I don't want to spend $15 on something that's just going to pop. But I think they can ship them back to your house for you. Anyway, I found, I found, out, I found out all about those balloons from my Turn a Page book when I was little. So that's all I really knew about the Disney parks. I grew up watching The Wonderful World of Disney for a handful of years. I think it was on Sunday nights. And I, of course, loved all the Disney movies. But I wasn't really a hardcore Disney fan until 
I went to Disney World for the very first time. Before we took that that first trip in 1992, uh, some family friends came over and they brought us the Birnbaum book. Um, I don't remember the dude's first name, but Birnbaum is sort of like a a Eugene Fodor or or um, like who's the other guy? Rick Steves. <laughs> like like they do these travel books and. Some family friends brought over the Disney World Birnbaum book, and I read it cover to cover, and I highlighted things, and I starred things, and I dog-eared the pages, and, you know, being straight out of the hospital and having this Disney World trip to look forward to was a, was a brilliant tactic on the part of my mom. Like, let's, let's give our family something fun to look forward to, and this book was amazing. They're still amazing. He comes out with a new one or his company comes out with a new one every year where they do like a small paragraph on each ride and it gives you tips on how to navigate the parks. Because if you've never been to Disney World, there are four parks. There were only three the first the first time that I went and they're all huge. They are huge. It's really not in your best interest to just show up at the gate one morning and be like, okay, let's do Disney World today because you can't. There's four parks, but they're just huge. You really need to do your due diligence and educate yourself a little bit about what you're going into so that you can enjoy yourself. But this would have tips like most people go to the right, go to the left if you want less less crowds. Uh, If you want to make sure that you hit all of the rides, then be sure to skip the parade because People sit down and watch the parade, and that that means that it's low wait times at the at the other rides. And so, I found out I had all the, I had this new knowledge on Disney World. And by the time we actually went for spring break, I was the one that was in charge of like the itinerary because I had done so much research, and we had a blast. We had so much fun, my parents and I, and. I certainly wasn't like, oh, this will save my parents' marriage. But it was really fun to see my parents having fun together at that time and the three of us having fun together at that time. We loved the rides. We loved the shows. We loved the parades. We loved the meals. We didn't stay on site that trip. We stayed off site. Um, But it was great. You know, we rented a car. There was a hot tub at our hotel. I mean, it was just awesome. And I was happy. I was happy for the first time in a long time. You know, I didn't have to think about anything. I didn't have to think about school. I didn't have to think about dance class. I didn't have to think about church. I didn't have to think about schedules. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't anxious. Anxious. All All we did was get entertained and entertained and entertained by other people. I didn't have to be entertaining people. I was being entertained. And if you've never been to a Disney park, like every little detail is taken care of. So you are completely immersed in this, in this totally different culture. I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel real, which is what I needed at that time, you know, coming out of the hospital, I just needed no more reality for a little bit. I needed an actual vacation where I could escape and just not think about my life. 
and it was incredible. And I became a diehard Disney Parks fan during that trip. The next time I went was in 1997. It was a trip just with my mom. At that point, my parents had divorced. And so my mom took me to Disney World as a college graduation trip. Now, granted, I hadn't quite yet graduated. We went in March and I was graduating in May. Turns out I actually dropped out of college for a while. I eventually went back. That's a whole nother story. But but I but we would laugh because I'd be like, well, I got the vacation out of the deal and then I dropped out. But same sort of thing that that second trip, um, things weren't really going well for me personally. I was failing a lot of classes. I was really depressed, really anxious. Again, this is all before I found out that I have fibromyalgia and um, myalgic encephalomyelitis and premenstrual dysphoria disorder. So now I have reasoning behind why I felt like crap for 30-some years, but back then I didn't have a reason. I just thought I was a really depressed, anxious person. And once again, Mom and I went, and I planned the whole thing, and it was just magic. I mean, I know that that's like a buzzword for Disney, but it it really can be magical. And um, I've gone a couple more times since then. I went another time with my mom in early 2000s. I don't remember exactly when that was. In 2010, my mom and I went again to celebrate her 60th birthday and my 35th birthday. And it was an incredible trip. Little did we know that she'd be passing away in six short years. And I'm forever grateful that we spent the time and we spent the money to go do Disney. We actually did Disney World and then a Disney cruise and then Universal. It was a crazy long, incredible trip. But there was this moment on that specific trip where mom and I were watching one of the parades. The parades at Disney World are incredible. So are the fireworks. So are the shows. So is the everything. You think, oh, I don't need to go to this parade. I've seen a thousand parades before. You have never seen a parade like this. You have never seen fireworks like this. You've never seen shows like this. I mean, you think, oh, what's the big deal? It's just another amusement park. No, it is not. But anyway, I sound like I'm trying to sell you a trip. I'm not. I'm just trying to describe to you that there's magic and there's fantasy in this world. And when you need to escape, go ahead and escape exactly how you want to do it. And for me, it's the Disney parks. But anyway, I digress. So we're at we're at the parade and Mickey and Minnie were the last float. And I'm like a, a kid in the Disney parks. I'm like a kid anyway. I'm always like the oldest kid there. Paul and I joke around that the places we like to go to are places that kids would like to go to, but we're usually the only adults. We're definitely the only adults without children when we go places. Anyway. Mickey and Minnie are on the last float and, you know, Mickey, Mickey goes by us and I'm, you know, I'm waving and I'm, I'm like, hi, Mickey, hi, Mickey. And I swear to you, Mickey Mouse turned around, looked at me, looked at me and pointed to his chest, I, and then made a heart shape with his hands, heart, you, I heart you. And he pointed right at me. And I went back to him. I love you too. 
and then you gave me the thumbs up. And that is how I know that Mickey Mouse was speaking directly to me. And I was, what, what did I say, 35 at the time? And I just was like, thanks, Disney. That's a really nice touch, you know? I've done two trips to Disneyland, one in like, gosh, I don't even remember, 2003, 2004. Uh, I actually went with Ed Alonzo. If you might you might not know that name, but you probably know who he is. If any of you have watched Saved by the Bell, the old Saved by the Bell, and they always used to hang out in this restaurant called The Max, Ed Alonzo played Max. He was like this magician owner of The Max. And I know him because he was a magician out at Valley Fair, a theme park here in the Twin Cities, and I was... Um, a seasonal manager for the entertainment department at Valley Fair for a couple of years. And so I knew Ed and I knew he lived out in Anaheim and a couple of friends and I were like, hey, Ed, we're coming out to California. Do you want to hang? He's like, sure. Do you want to go to Disneyland? I was like, of course I want to go to Disneyland. But I was also panicking because I was very poor and, you know, the Disney parks are quite expensive. Although if you break it down into an hourly rate, it's actually not that expensive, but it's still really expensive. At any rate, my friend Jeff and I and our friend, my friends Jeff and Christy and I are walking up to the front gate and we're like, okay, we think we have enough money to drop on this. It was like at least $100 per person. And then Ed comped us in because he had some ridiculous save by the bell benefits that he got free tickets to Disneyland. Disneyland, um, was so much fun because, you know, it's the, it's the original. Disney World is incredible, but Disneyland is the original. Walt's apartment is still there. He oversaw everything. Like, he used to hang out in Disneyland, and you just really feel Walt Disney while you're there. And then, okay, if you're a diehard Disney Parks fan, you will understand why I'm freaking out about this right now. If you aren't, you'll be like, whatever. Anyway, we're in New Orleans Square, which is the part of Disneyland, but not Disney World. And we're walking down this little corridor and it's like, it's like um, a street, a streetway, a streetway. Is that a word? A street um, in New Orleans, or at least I'm assuming it looks like that because I've never been to New Orleans. And we go up to this, like, what I'm assuming is a fake door because it's all facades, right? And, um, there's this doorbell and Ed rings it. And then this voice, this voice from nowhere, there's no person there was like, yes, can I help you? He says, Ed Alonzo, a party of however many of us there were. And then this door magically opens and there's a cast member there and she greets us and she's like, follow me. And we take this little elevator up and there is a restaurant, a secret restaurant in Disneyland. It's still there. It's called Club 33 because 33 is the fake address number. And it's this secret restaurant that only VIPs can get into. And Ed had a hookup there because he was a television personality. And this is this was the biggest deal then and it's the biggest deal now because most people don't get to have this experience. So that was just another magical thing that I got to experience in the Disney parks. Uh, in 2014, Paul and I went on our, we called it our Disney moon. Um, we actually call most of our vacations something moon because 
uh, we usually take our vacation at the same time every year. Uh, so like we've gone on a Disney moon and a Colorado moon and a cruise moon. And anyway, um, Paul and I went in 2014 and I feel like he was sort of like, okay, we're going to go to this place because my wife wants me to go. And he loved it. And then most recently in December of 2021, we went to Disneyland together and, um, I will gladly spend my money at the Disney parks. <laughs> there was a there was a time in my life where I thought I don't want to go anywhere other than the Disney parks, but that's just not true anymore. I I actually would love to hit all of the countries that are around World Showcase at Epcot Center, and even though the specific countries at Epcot are incredible and and extremely lifelike. Like you feel like you're immersed in the country. It's not the same as, as actually being in the country. I only know that because we went to Italy a few years ago and I was like, real Italy is better than Epcot Italy. But if you can't get to real Italy, go to Epcot Italy. At any rate, the Disney parks feel like home to me. They feel like love. They feel like comfort. They feel like excitement. I love planning my vacations there. Um, I will get fully immersed in in Disney park planning. When I'm feeling really down and out, which happens definitely once a year where I'm just really, really bad. I actually, I know I'm bad if I start planning a Disney vacation in, in my head. That's when I need to pay attention. Like, okay, things are not going well. You need a vacation. Maybe it's Disney. Maybe it's not. But you have to take care of this. You have to take care of your soul right now. And you need to get out of here for the winter or just for the weekend or whatever. And they just, I know that they hold a special place in many people's hearts. Um, I know that the term, quote unquote, Disney adult is sort of a derogatory term in some circles. And that's okay. I'm definitely a Disney adult. I'm not one that pushes kids out of the way so that I can make sure that I'm in the front row or anything like that. But I'm an adult that loves the Disney parks. When I'm there, I will wear my Disney ears and I will um, go Disney bounding, which means that you dress up similarly to the characters. I will absolutely plan out my outfits like, okay. Um, and I planned out Paul's outfits one time too. So like he had a Star Wars shirt. So I made sure that we wore that he wore that to disney hollywood studios so that we could go on star tours this was before galaxy's edge had been created so i just i love it i will absolutely go there without children and pretend to be a child but mostly it just has these really it just has really wonderful memories for me and it reminds me that like escapism is real and and it's okay to want to escape. And the Disney parks is a perfect place to escape too, because everything has been thought out for you. You you truly don't have to think about much of anything, especially if you're going to Disneyland. It's a little different at Disney World. You do need to figure out your uh <laughs> your dining reservations and things like that. But once you get to the parks, like a magical experience has been created just for you. Even standing in the line 
is a wonderful experience. They understand that people are are queuing up for hours to get on rides, which can be true at certain parts of the year and certain parts of the day. So if you're going to be waiting in the line, you might as well make it fun. They have things hidden in the lines and they have games that you can play in the lines. And it's just the queue is actually just as much fun for me as the actual ride is. Maybe I'm weird, but anyway, it just has really provided provided some happiness for me in times that I was very unhappy. And even though I feel like those dark days are behind me or mostly behind me, I still turn to the Disney parks, even the Disney Plus sometimes when I'm really not not doing well. Paul and I will watch like Disney behind the scenes stuff till the cows come home when I'm not feeling well and we just have a blast cuz we love learning how how everything works at Disney. And I know we all do this. Like I know we all, I mean one of the reasons why I love theater is because it's another way to escape. And I you know, I know we do this. We we go into entertainment or books or or people or you know, addictions, right? So that we don't we don't have to think. And although most of the time I would say something like you got to feel it to heal it which is true. It's also okay to just get yourself to the Disney parks or get yourself to Duluth or to Harbors or St. Paul or, or whatever it is, you know, it's also great to just immerse yourself in your writing or your drawing or your art or whatever. It's okay to do that as long as it doesn't become harmful to yourself or harmful to other people. And the Disney parks, is just one of the ways that that I do that. And so if you're a cast member at Disney or if you've ever been a cast member at Disney, if you're anyone that works for that company to help create magic and fantasy, thank you. Like you've like I see I see the work that you're doing and I'm just so appreciative and grateful that you are around for people like me who just want to be a kid again. Okay, that's it for today. Uh, I just, you know, I was listening to that podcast and I was like, yes, the Disney parks are really great for some of us. Definitely. And I understand if you're not on board, you don't have to like send me any hate mail. I get it. I totally get it. (laughs) But I'm someone who has really benefited from the parks. I need I need fantasy sometimes and Disney helps me with that. Thank you so much for listening today. I always appreciate you all so much. I appreciate that people take time out of their week to just listen to my opinion. <laughs> it's pretty awesome actually. Um, if you'd like to buy me a coffee this week, I will throw the link in the show notes. Thank you for considering that. I'll also throw a link in the show notes so that you can buy a copy of my book, Things I'm Thinking About, A Daughter's Thoughts on the Loss of Her Mom. Let me know if you need a speaker for any anything upcoming in your life. Do you have a Rotary Club? Do you have you know, something going on at church? Do you have a women's group? Do you have a book club? I would love to come speak for you and your amazing friends and colleagues. And as always, thank you so much for healing and growing with me. See you next week, everybody.
podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered legal, health, or professional advice. I am not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice.